on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, does a no, headshot, case closed What's up guys, it's Andy Frisella and this is the show for the realists say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness and delusions of modern society and welcome to motherfucking reality Guys, today we've got a full length show for you Uh <clears throat> Before I get into the intros and uh, bringing on our special guest, I would like to remind you of the fee. Fee is very simple. If you enjoy the show, if you uh, learn something, if you change your perspective, if it makes you laugh, if it makes you think, if you think it's a value, please share the show. Uh, as you know, we don't run ads on the show. We're one of the only podcasts that doesn't. I do that because I find it annoying as fuck uh, when I listen to other people's shows, which is rarely, but you know, we don't do that here. So if we do a good job, share it. If we don't, don't share it. And that's how we work. So that's the fee. Uh, got my brother, Dr. Sal, in What's the house. On? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. I'm also the least informed social media guy in the room. There you that's go. what DJ asked me to introduce myself as. The least informed? Yeah, because he always asked me, hey, did you see us on the internet? Hey, you see I don't see shit on the internet. I, <laughs> I don't look at Instagram from the time I get here to the fucking time I put my kids down. So I'm Well, you got to be the second least informed then. Because, motherfucker, you come That's to me fine. every day and you're like, oh, did you see this? No, bro. I'm like, bro, I saw that a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> Hours, okay. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, second. I'll take second place. All right, all I'll right. I'll take it. In that category. And we also have a special guest, uh, my buddy, straight from Cali China, I mean, California, uh, Robert Freund. How are you, bro? I'm doing well. Thanks It's good for to see you, man. Me. Yeah, you too. Now, tell everybody a little bit about what you do and, and, uh, and then we'll explain why he's here. Sure. I'm, I'm an advertising lawyer. I focus on e-commerce and social media marketing issues. So basically, if you sell stuff online, I help you keep the money you make rather than give it over to a plaintiff's lawyer or the government or whoever else might sue you. So yeah, um, my background's in litigation. I, I try to help people stay out of it more now. And uh, I represent brand owners, agencies, and influencers and other talent. So Robert, does a lot of cool shit on the internet and i've learned a lot just from watching your page bro uh <clears throat> i appreciate the content you put out especially as a company that works heavily with influencers it's been very helpful if you guys aren't following him you should follow him what's your instagram my instagram is my full name so it's robert freund and then law at the end yep. just one word so robert that's law. that's f-r-e-u-n-d okay so guys if you own a company and you have influencers which basically all of you do now. Um, this is a good guy to follow because he's the only guy out there that I've seen putting out super valuable free information in the favor of brands and influencers uh, and, you know, not charging for it. I think it's really brilliant what you do. You know, you give away enough information to make yourself the authority and then pick up the customers. So it's really cool uh, to watch you do it. It's really appreciated. Uh, but more so, uh, we become friends talking just regular life and just talking about uh, cars mainly and uh, and you know success and the things that we normally talk about when the world isn't falling apart so we're excited to have you as part of the show bro yeah it's it's been awesome to check out the facility I'm so impressed by this place like I knew I was going to be impressed but I, I didn't realize quite the level that you were on with everything and DJ was showing me all the details like the American flag is the size of your first office and, yeah. and that photo out there is in the place where you're standing in the photo and mm -hmm. it really uh, impressed me that those kind of details are what helps the rest of the business flourish at the level you're at. And yeah, I'm, I'm just really impressed. Oh, no, dude. Hey, look, you know, uh, 
here's the thing about us is we're, we're not very smart. Okay. So what we do is we try to make it up with being very diligent about everything that we do. And uh, so far it works pretty, pretty good. And hopefully our customers appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So what are we going to talk about today, bro? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so you handle a lot with influencers. And so before, before the show, you guys remember Miss Cleo? Oh, I do. Call me now. Yeah. 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 So we were just talking. I mean, I, I forget even how we got on the, the fucking subject. But did you know that during the two years that Miss Cleo was running, she was averaging twenty four million dollars a month in income? No way. She made six hundred million dollars in two years on her overnight ads. On her call me now shit. No shit. Yeah. Like that's a, that's now a what shit. happened to Miss Cleo? So she died in in twenty sixteen. Oh, she did. She. I, I had no idea. Did she see it coming? <laughs> that's what. <laughs> It's like, oh, this is going to be my last call. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, man, she, she, so when, when she passed in 2016, her net worth was only $1.5 And so I just thought it would be a, a, a nice entry conversation to this. I mean, you handle with, with influencers a lot. You guys handle influencers a lot. Like, how do you guys, like, one, for me, I can't even comprehend how you go from $600 million and then 10 years later, you have nothing, right? Like, how does that even happen? Like, we how just talked about this. We literally just Look, fucking man, talked about this. I can answer that real simple. <laughs> all right. The more you make, the more you're going to spend. All right. And if you got bad habits, we talk about this with our, because we deal with a lot of people who, you know, quite frankly, in the beginning, when they started with us, they weren't making very much money. And now some of them make millions of dollars in a year. And, you know, those bad habits just become uh, exacerbated and exaggerated over time. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, if you, if you're running your bank accounts, uh, you know, to zero right now, it really, if you, if you make $10 million a year, you're going to run it to zero. You know, that's why financial responsibility is such an important skill to learn. Um, same reason why we see all these NFL guys get these big chunks while they play, you know, and, and, and I know from, for sure that, you know, they have the NFL rookie symposium, but they don't really teach these guys much. They don't teach them how to be financially responsible or, um, how to manage their money. And then they get all these people coming at them uh, who pretend to be experts as, you know, we're going to invest this money in this. And bro, right. look, I, I'm pretty experienced and versed in, in, in that sort of thing. And some of these dudes are just really good scammers, you know? Yeah. And uh, what are they, what are that? What's the saying? A fool and his money soon part ways. Man. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, <clears throat> there's a book, it's called The Automatic Millionaire. I've made read everybody it. read it. All, mm -hmm. all my guys read it. I send it out to everybody who's in, in our network. I'm still convinced I've sold more copies of that book than that guy has sold of his own book. <laughs> but it helped me out so much, I'm glad to pay, return the fee. And, I, you know, I always learn to manage your money in a percentage. Like, if you save 12% or 15% of your paycheck, it is, the more money you make, you save the exact same percentage. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a shift that just continues to go. Whenever you get quick rich, which is what we were talking about earlier, dude, you, you, you have this idea that, Hundreds of thousands. If I won $500,000, I'd be set for life. No, yeah. you wouldn't. You'd spend every fucking dollar of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that money goes fast. And I think you went and people start growing success. They have people that want to go with them. And then they feel obligated to take them with them. And then there's this, this perpetuating cycle where you, once you're in it, you can't get out. Yeah. You know? And so establishing those good fundamental habits and compounding them over a long period of time is how you create success. No different than this building. Right. You know, no different than your career. No different than life. Like you have to learn to Stay disciplined to a program, and when you do that, it's when when the the variables change on the outside, um, the equation never changes because you're disciplined to the process. So that's mm. you know, I mean, that, that was exactly my thought because, like I said, Rob and I were talking about that. And it's like 
dude, over half a billion dollars in two years. Not one person came to you and say, hey, Miss Cleo, you might need to call me now. Take 10 million, set it to the side. Like nobody told no, you. The problem is, bro, everybody said that to her and they all took her 10 million and they fucking ran with it. Yeah. Mm. Don King called her. Right. Yeah. You know, right. you ever seen the, the Mike Tyson documentary? Yeah. Don yeah. King straight jacked that dude, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, that is one of, one of the biggest reasons why money goes away. Like you were talking about is people who, if you're not savvy enough to identify who's trying to scam you and you can't build the right team around you, it's also like sad but true. But a lot of times family members will come out and say, oh, I'll manage yeah. your money. Yes. And then that turns south really quickly because, mm -hmm. you know, money does change people. And I've there were a couple of athletes that my old firm represented where that was the exact situation. Somebody's brother decided to manage this person's money and ended up just stealing under from him. And because he trusted his brother to keep an eye on all of it, he wasn't keeping an eye on it. He didn't even realize that this was happening until it was basically too late. So yeah. building a team that you can actually trust is so Dude, and, and, and trust, but also trust in their skill set. You right. know what I mean? Like, dude, there's lots of good people that, that have well and they're well intentioned, right? That will come along when you start making money. This is actually refreshing to talk about some normal shit. Like, I just want to <laughs> stop and say, like, the reason I'm so pat, I just got, I'm going to get off on the fucking crazy shit for one second. But, like, dude, it feels so nice to talk about regular things. Like, can we all just stand the fuck up and tell these motherfuckers to fuck off so we can get back to fucking killing it? Just move on. Yeah, because I'm tired of it. So, anyway. Back to making money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, back to keeping money. Yeah, that's right. Because it's two different things. That's right. It's offense and it's defense. And so a lot of people are well-intentioned, right? And you trust them, but they're, they don't have the skills to back it up, right? And, and, and that's, a, that's something that you should all consider as you start. Because a lot of influencers, a lot of entrepreneurs, that makes up the core of the show. Uh, in fact, we're all influencers in some regard. And if you're not getting paid for it, you probably will soon. That's going to be the new economy. Um, you guys have to understand that, you know, first of all, making money is a great thing, but that's only half of it. You know, then you've got the defense side of it, too. You've got the side of protecting it. You've got the side of looking out for it, being responsible. Uh, and then you have being ethically responsible with how you spend your money. I mean, there's all kinds of things that go into money that nobody really ever considers. They just want to see that top line number. Oh, I'm making a million bucks or I made a million bucks. And. Honestly, guys, if that's your goal, it's too low. It should be way more than that. Um, and I don't care who you are listening. You could be working the fry counter at McDonald's. A million bucks ain't a million bucks anymore. Mm -hmm. So you need to be thinking really, really big, especially with all the money they're printing right now. But, um, you know, trusting your family and friends is one thing, but trusting your family and your friends with to have the skills to manage your money, that's a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. What would you say, dude, is one of the better ways for people to actually find Cause there's so many people out there that are just, I mean, you dude, you live in social media world yep. too. And you know, like there's a lot of people out there that are completely full of shit. Yeah. I mean, the, the, one of the smarter things you can do is find somebody that you look up to in whatever your lane is and ask them who they use. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe somebody at your level is not using the same type of person that's affordable for someone just starting out. But I bet that those people are willing to give them a recommendation. Like if you went to a huge international law firm that charges over a thousand dollars an hour, probably they'll be able to identify someone they know that's like, look, we're not for you, but here's someone we trust. And yeah. get, get a recommendation from someone who you already know is legit rather than, I mean, people are getting really good at, I mean, I get DMs from so-called agencies that want to, you know, grow my Instagram. I've been around the scene enough to know that's all BS yeah. or a lot of it is yeah. the kind of people who would cold DM me usually yes. are. Yeah. And it, it, 
if you don't have a lot of experience starting out, talk to someone who does and see who they would recommend yeah. or who they use would recommend. Yeah, man. And and dude, here's another thing. Like, what's your opinion on even working with people that you know when it comes to money? Because I've not ever been in favor of that. Like, I've never been in favor of working with someone who's like already my friend or already my family. I actually want the opposite. I want someone yeah. who doesn't know me, who doesn't know my personal past or anything like that. Because like, guys, you know, people like to talk about people that are making money. And like, do you really want your friends like saying, oh no, dude, like I represent, you know, I represent that guy. I know exactly what he's doing blah, blah, blah. Like, do you want those conversations? It's something to think about. Yeah. I mean, there, I, there are so many business disputes and nasty partnership fights that started out as friendships. And, and if you're going to do that, it's extremely important to get everything that matters in writing as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And you can't look at it as like, some people get offended when they see a contract, like, oh, you don't trust me? Like, mm -hmm. the, it's not a trust thing. It's there, one, to protect everybody involved. And also as a memory thing down the road, like what yeah. exactly did we agree about yeah. three years ago? Yeah. Because the, the, the kinds of fights where people knew each other initially, are just always more drawn out and more dramatic and, and more problematic than if you, if it's not a previous relationship. So if you're going to do that, just document everything and understand that if it does go south, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, I think a lot of I think a lot of the people in that situation, uh, the issue is they're bad communicators. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like <clears throat> uh, emotional communicators. I used to be one of those guys like you pull out the piece of paper. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? We're fucking cool. But but then. uh one of the people we did business with presented me with a contract a while back. This is 15 years ago. And the way they presented it to me was so nice that I, I didn't have a problem with it. And this is how the conversation went. And I, I think this is useful for you guys out there that are going to have to go through this. The way they present it and the way I present contracts now, and it's true. And this is how I operate. Look, this is for just, just in case. And hopefully, here, here's how I want to do business with you. We're going to sign this contract or we're going to we're going to come to an agreement here and then I'm going to take this contract. I'm going to put it over here in the filing cabinet and we're going to forget about it unless we can't solve something with a conversation and, and a discussion. We're going to have meetings. We're going to discuss things. I'm not going to pull this out and shove it in your face unless we get to a point where we really cannot agree. And that was a I was like, oh, that you know what? That makes sense. And that made it feel like way less offensive. You know what I'm saying? I didn't feel like they were trying to like not trust me or or make me feel like I was not worthy of trust. It made me feel like, oh, okay, well, they want to build a relationship and this is just a little bit of an insurance policy. And and you know what? Uh, not one time, and I've been dealing with this company ever since, it's been 15 years, have they pulled that out? Not right. one fucking time. You know what I'm saying? We've always, and it's gotten rough a couple of times, like where we're, you know, MFing each other over shit, you know, but we were still able to solve it through, through you know, dispute without pulling that contract out. And I've, I've just adjusted to that's how kind of we do it with, with everybody is here's your contract. It is what it is, but it goes over here and it doesn't really come back. And I right. feel like that's just a better way to present it. You know, I completely agree with you. I mean, yeah. it's a tool there to make things easier when stuff gets difficult. So yeah. you don't have to worry. Okay. Well, where are we going to go to court? Like, are we going to yeah. arbitrate? It's a, it's set up. We already agreed to it. We can, we don't have to separately fight over that. As just like one example. So yeah. It might go into agreement, but it's like, it is an insurance policy. If we have to use it, this will make everything easier. And, it, and people should, and I know it's difficult to get over that, but people should get over the initial, the emotional response of, oh, this means this person doesn't trust me. Or a lot of times people 
depending on what kind of agreement I'm writing, they'll say, I, I can't present this. It's too long. It's too scary. It's like it needs to have not every contract needs to be 20 pages long and filled mm -hmm. with legalese and stuff. Yeah. You can write a lot of things in a way that just sounds regular and still protects you. But some agreements need to have comprehensive language in there just in case. Mm -hmm. And the, the uh, hesitancy of saying, oh, this will this will be intimidating or scary or something. You just really need to get over that because if you revise it to not include something that, that would make it shorter, it's not going to help you when you need it. Yeah. Yeah, man. The, um, you know, in the last, you've been doing influencer marketing for how long? Or I've influencer? Been focusing on legal stuff around influencer marketing since uh, beginning of 2019. Got it. The, you know, you look at the business shift that's happened and it's really interesting because, you know, you think in the 70s, 80s, 90s, even 2000s, right? For somebody to make five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars, I mean, you were a you were a white collar worker working your way through the channels, trying to create a career, and you know, going to school, and you got to go to college, and the shift to watching some of these people in the last, say, five years take influencer marketing and build these careers that are in the same the same caliber of dollars, and utilizing uh, their own personal brand, it's much different. In and when you look at the dichotomy of the situation, you know. Brand, or uh, the, the 80s, 90s guy is extremely successful. It's in this huge infrastructure of how you make money and what it looks like. And, you know, next year you're going to grow at 10% and this is what it is. To the new structure, which is really volatile, comes and goes. The person's a personal brand. They're out there managing it themselves. They really don't have any legal structure or protection or anything. You know, for you to see the 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 holes or connect to these, these influence at this point in time is extremely uh, open market right now. Yeah. How do, you, how do you connect and protect these people? How do you teach them? How do you educate them? Like if you're a, a young influencer and you're listening to the show now, like what should they seek or what should they ask or what should they think of a brand whenever they're choosing one? Yeah. I mean, part of what I'm trying to do through my Instagram page is just get issues on people's radar because ultimately it's a, a business decision, how much risk you want to take on in whatever kind of marketing you're doing, but you need to know where the risks are to make that judgment call and decide, okay, I'm comfortable with this or I want everything airtight or whatever. So my hope is that I'm, I'm presenting examples a lot of the times from the news of this person got in trouble for this or they went through some legal issue for this common practice. So people think, oh, I didn't even realize there's a, there's a trap there. So then it's like, if you start wondering where the other traps are, maybe you'll reach out to a lawyer or somebody with experience going through that to make sure that, or to guide you through that process that you're not stepping on landmines that you weren't even aware were there. And to your point about uh, younger people coming into a lot of money really quickly through ways that did not exist 10 years ago even. And now, now all I gotta do is eat a Tide Pod on YouTube. I'm right, fucking, yeah. I'm there. <laughs> it also opens the door for uh, scammers or people who are you know, less sophisticated so-called agencies and stuff to take advantage of people because they're younger and they haven't experienced that it wasn't a gradual path. Like now I'm famous. And a lot of those people are so seduced by the idea of, wow, I'm going to work with a real agency. Like this is oh, going to be the next step. They're going to sign something without even reading the contract. And those are the situations that it's <clears throat> sad to see that because a lot of times it's really difficult to get out of a contract that, especially when it says, you know, I agree that I, had opportunity to consult with a lawyer, understand all of this stuff. And then they'll sign up just because, oh, my friend knows this agency or yeah. they've got or a they want to be cool. 
Right. Yeah. And it it it's there's yeah, so much value. What's our number value. one fuck up here? I won't deal with an agent. Yeah. We won't we won't even sign influencers that have agents. And here's and, why. And a lot of other companies won't either. They're starting to do it. Dude, these agents are fucking predators. Like we've had agents literally tell the people to take a way less fucking uh bene- beneficial deal just because they didn't like the fact that we didn't want to talk to them. Like, or, or they're likely getting a kickback from somebody else. And yeah. That, that's the thing that, that's interesting to me. You know, we, we have, obviously, we have a, a, a company that's built on an influencer model, right? We were early adopters in understanding how that works and how the internet works and how to use it and what it means and how you can, you know, compound it. And so we've had the opportunity to deal with some pretty high net worth people, quote unquote, from a following or influence standpoint. And, you know, in negotiating these things, what I've, I always laugh because I get in this thing and I'd be like, you know, and be like, hey, you got to talk to my agent. I'm, you know, it's a 19 year old girl or 22 year old guy. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, what the fuck you have an agent for? So anyway, I call the guy. I'll be on the phone with him. I'm talking to him. I'm like, they're zero fucking totally clueless about fucking business. They don't even have, I mean, there's literally like the, the insight is like, hey, man, explain to me some campaigns you've worked on before. Give me some insight, like your experience. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm whatever, you know, whatever their history is, but it has zero zero understanding of influencer marketing or how to manage an individual. And you, and I even, I mean, there's one person, one young lady that comes into mind in particular. I know he, exactly who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. He got this girl because he got her a, a Chipotle deal. He got a mm. Chipotle for life. Okay. That same deal cost her literally, she'd be making millions of dollars with us over the course of that same time frame for some fucking free burritos. Now, that this was guy, what, about three years ago? Yeah. She, she would have made five times more money than she's made total. I was just signing that deal with us. And now they br- bounce from brand to brand to brand, mm. trying to you know work the deal. And here's this guy. Here's a young influencer who's doing a fabulous job of building her brand or his brand. They get hooked up with the wrong person. They sign you into a bunk deal. Now they bounce you from brand to brand to brand. And then when they come to a credible brand, we won't sign them. Right. Because they're already discredited. They've already discredited. Your voice is already diluted. Nobody believes someone that's been with 17 fucking brands in four years. Right. Nobody like you influencers out there who are signing with people uh, for fucking one year or two or a year or six months. And these little deals, eventually all those deals uh, that you're going to be chasing these little bitty deals your whole life because no, no big brand is going to want to make an investment in you because your word is shit. Yeah. Yep. And the same thing that makes it easier to become famous online and build a presence makes it easy for people to pretend like they're legitimate agencies too. Yeah. Like the barrier to entry to holding yourself out is, you know, you can rent a Lambo and go to a rented mansion and stuff, buy followers. And, and you then know it's people like, do wow, it all the time. Of co- yeah, yeah, constantly. And then- If it, anybody's looking to rent a couple, I can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Times are tight. Yeah. <laughs> got a vacant house got maybe. D- got some day rates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just takes more diligence now to figure out who's real and who isn't because it's so much easier to present a fake image. But this is this is a very this is a, a we're at a, a really great shift I feel in social influence marketing because <clears throat> what once was the fake flex got you where you wanted to go, we're seeing now manage you know we have thousands tens of twelve thousand people that we manage in this format in some way shape or form. Authenticity has never been more valuable, right? Telling the truth, being real, and it's starting to create that 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 uh, division that we want to see on social media. Early, it was the flex. Mm-hmm. Now it's the truth. And I think, you know, aligning yourself and finding to build your brand so that you're not a two or three year, you know, moneymaker on the internet, but how to build a real brand is coming through being authentic and telling the truth. You know, right. and learning that that compounding interest over time, if in fact, what Andrew said, you know, our brands are going to be our, our individuality over time is going to be how we make our income, which is true, yeah. right? It's, that's been always true, actually. It's just now it's coming digital. 
learning that no one can beat you at you and finding people who add value to you is a huge advantage, especially early. Mm-hmm. You know, so figuring out how to build the best brand possible and then aligning with people who are the best in their category as possible so that you can succeed together. Can, right. we, can, can we do I want to ask you guys this question because I feel like, you know, again, I'm you you could consider me an influencer, right? But like what what is the real definition of an influencer? Because I feel like that's diluted so much because you have so many people in this field. They, they, you know, no, they, no. I mean, you got to think influencers has been around for thousands of years. Yeah. I mean, the most popular guy in the block who's created the most value by adding the most valuable to the block is who everybody listens to. Right. right. That's 1950, 1960, 1970. It's just recently changed to a digital format where everybody can compete. A hundred percent. And, and what's, and what, what has happened is not just the biggest voice are able to monetize anymore. Now you have the medium and the micro influencers that are able to monetize as well. And if you, you know, if you want to be honest, the biggest value and the biggest the biggest person that you're going to want isn't the big celebrity that has 10 million followers because like I said, those people, everybody knows that those people are pay per fl- pay per play. Yeah. What you really want is someone who is believable, who has a small network, the people they communicate with that's a real human that can communicate. So it's not that like it's a new way of selling. It's always been the way that things have sold. Right. It's just that this new technology has created a platform for the everyday person to monetize their their influence. And, their, and if their influence aligns with what they actually use and the way they actually live in an authentic way, they make a lot of money. And yeah. if it doesn't, they get washed out. Well, we see that a lot. And Andy, I know you talk about it. Uh, you call it the Midas touch, but like, you know, how, how important, so how you talk about this on authenticity, how important is that you know, especially in today's era where you have people like sports athletes becoming politicians, right? Like how, how important, I mean, I just want you to touch on that a little bit more because you talk about, you know, it's super important well, about I mean, being I, true I, who do you are. Well, I think the the shift is, the shift is, it's happening or it has happened. It has happened in our eyes because we're, I'd like to think we're on the tip of the spear, but it's happening for the majority of people right now is understanding that your personal brand in the big picture in the long term is going to matter because your network is going to be the thing that you have the ability to monetize, even if you can't monetize it now. And so building value in who you are and the knowledge and information that you do have that could create value for other people, that's the trick. That's the key. That's the hook. So like, you know, I put away for all my kids to go to college. I don't know that my kids will go to college. My kids are going to learn fundamental aspects that can help people around them in their community, whether it's online or in person, be strong people of character that can lead other people to the promised land, whatever the promised land is, right? If he wants to be in construction or if they want to be in design or they want to be in nursing, like, how do you become the most valuable person in your sphere so that other people look to you? And that's not going to be by way of college, in my personal opinion. It's going to be way, a way by developing extremely valuable skills to a subset of people mm. and then monetizing them big picture and long term, right? So, you know, the reason these athletes become politicians is because right now we're in a popularity contest. Right. We're not really, we don't trust the old politicians. We really like, you know, Walter Payton. He's a great guy. You know what I mean? We're, we're working through these situations of, of popularity. I think long term. I don't think Walter Payton's going to win anything. Yeah, I guess Walter Payton's yeah, out. I mean, like I don't. I don't Sorry, Herschel Walker. I got. I don't know. He up. might win a Democrat ballot somewhere. <laughs> well, his son. What's his son? He's got Christian, son. Walker, Christian Walker. Christian Walker. Walker. Yeah, Christian, yeah, Christian Walker. You're talking yeah, about Christian, Christian Walker. No, 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 no. Payton's son played at Miami. He said, Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're thinking of Herschel Walker, who's yeah, running correct. for the Senate in Georgia. Correct. I think and he his might son, win. Christian Walker, who is an influencer. He's a he's a conservative influencer. Great running backs. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what to tell you. But my point being is like. My point being is I think the future, we're, we're just in a really unique shift that people haven't adjusted to yet. They still think it's weird. They think, oh, it's 
you got a little brand on the internet, you know, oh, you're cool on the internet. No, 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 no. Creating value for the future. Yeah. You know, like, and, and so that value cannot be taken away. You have to learn to, how to maximize it. And the cool thing up front, everybody figured out how to fake it. The cool thing is big picture and long term, it's, it is extremely transparent. And, it, and the compounding effect that'll happen over time is the true you comes out. The truth will come out. Eventually, and then yeah. the story is told. So how do you continue to create so much value by telling the truth and helping people improve their lives? If you can do that, you will win. Hmm. If you don't do that, you're going to be learning from somebody else who is winning. It's interesting to me how many people, I'm just sitting here listening to you guys talk, thinking about all the people who waited on social media and didn't and like didn't take it serious and like now like you're gonna see a big shift in politics I think based around social media horsepower real soon because a lot of like I've met with a a number of 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 good politicians these are good people but they didn't necessarily work on building a brand uh, over the last ten years and now the traditional advertising space is sort of diluted where people don't pay attention. So they don't really have any way to really reach people. And so what you're going to see, in my opinion, is a lot of people with social horsepower starting to fill these roles and in these bigger roles. It's going to be really weird. Like it's going to be, you're going to see like social media people like in office, like running shit because dude, that's where the eyeballs are. Yeah. I mean, if you have an audience, that's incredible power. Yeah. And I mean, who I was, while you were saying that, I was thinking like, when was the last time I actually watched television and paid attention to an ad that was on tv right it's like if you run a political ad i'm i'm not going to see it (laughs) yeah and and so many more people spend hours and hours on instagram every single day they're gonna see that a lot quicker if you've got uh, you know a real million followers or whatever versus you ran an ad on local news yeah but i think that's the validation too that we're gonna see over time right you're gonna have the ability to watch these people i mean the the sad thing about the kardashians is they ruin the world or mtv cribs or whatever (laughs) they ruin the world however they transit a bad show let's not go together sorry Sorry. (laughs) cribs i I need to do my own episode i meant to say the real world the real world oh yeah he's over there shaking it look look our pro team the best team in the world all shaking their heads in unison about doing cri- We're going to do cribs on YouTube at my house. All right, we'll do it. So my point being is like the reality side of our life. When we, we are the generation in the original real world. We are. Mm-hmm. And so we adopted getting into these people's lives and watching it and seeing it. Now it's transitioned to where it's everyone, not just the reality stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just Jersey Shore. It's fucking everyone. Bro, think if Joe Rogan decided to run for office. Like nobody's beating Joe Rogan. No, <laughs> at any level, he would dominate. Yeah, and you you know why? I'd vote for him because he tells the fucking truth. He's not a pussy, okay? And people know who he is. And he's made a commitment for the last twelve years of his podcast. He's done thousands of episodes, even when podcast because podcasting. If you if you guys have been around long enough, which most of you guys haven't, in the early nineties it got popular. Then it went away for like ten years, and everybody's like, podcast. Like, that's for like internet nerds. Well, when that was going on, he was doing it. And now he's where he is because of that. You but know? I think it's I important mean, too to understand, sorry, it's important to understand, you know, his passion is what put him in a position to do the podcast. Yeah. You know, he loved MMA fighting and he would he would he was the announcer. He was the young kind of guy who had a good voice who could communicate it effectively and yeah. talk everybody through it. Yeah, before that he was telling people to eat deer penises on fucking Fear Factor. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> buffalo balls. That's yeah. the one I remember saying, you eat this buffalo ball and it's a big veiny fucking thing. I'm like, dude, I would not bite that no. fucking buffalo ball. I'm fucking, I'm afraid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I lose. <laughs> but 
you know, it, he followed his passion and continued to put out valuable content. He's unshakable, right? Yeah. And I think when you look at a brand and you're thinking to a young influencer, it's not about selling people. It's about being undeniably you. Like, don't fucking, like, don't shake. It's who I am. Like, I got a fucking past. I fucked up. Just, you own it. Stand for it and keep moving. And guess what? People can associate. Dude, look at every, look at every fucking big influencer out there. All of them have one thing in common. Every fucking one of them. They're authentic. Well, All every real one. No, no, no. I'm talking about the real influencers. I'm not talking about the motherfuckers that we all know have half of a fake following and use all the ha- I'm talking about the household name motherfuckers. Jocko, Goggins, Rogan, okay? Those guys are who the fuck they are. And if you don't like who they are, they don't really give a fuck. And I know that because I know them guys. They don't care. Uh, Portnoy. Nobody, Portnoy doesn't give a fuck if you don't like them. You know what I'm saying? They're just who they are. And like, it's so bizarre to me that that old mentality from the, you know, it's, it really, it comes from pre-social of, you know, the saying, don't talk politics, don't talk religion, uh, you know, keep, you know what I'm saying? Like the keep it out of the bar. Yeah. The rules. Yeah. The rules. Like we don't get political. We don't get this. We don't get that. Look, man, you go where the fucking eyeballs are and what people care about and you give your honest opinion on it. It's really simple. It's in, in this old mentality of, well, I don't want to make my brand political, especially in this day and age. Um, you don't have a choice. Fuck, you don't. Otherwise, you're irrelevant. I see all these social media influencers, some that we used to actually have on our roster that are no longer on the roster, continuously posting selfies and the same shit they were posting two years ago. And they're literally getting on social media pissed off. No one cares about my shit anymore. No shit, motherfucker. Because when there was nothing to worry about, we like to look at your pictures. Now that there's actual shit going on, guess what? And you're not, you haven't talked about it. You've just diluted your brand a hundred points by not letting your voice or your stance be known out of fear for what the retribution is, bro. This is why America's in this spot. America's in this spot over this old fucking rule where we don't talk about things that are important because we don't want to offend anybody and we don't want to lose any dollars. Dude, talking about the real shit in a real way, regardless of what side you fall on, actually equates to a whole lot of dollars. That's what people miss. Well, yeah. and I think, you know, at the end of the day, it goes back to value and standing for who you are. Well, dude, and you know what? Even if you don't agree with us, okay? Let's just say you have the complete opposite views of us. And a lot of people do, all right? If they go at that authentically, they're going to do well. Because there's a lot of people out there that fucking believe with those people. Yeah, like, like Joe Biden. He does a great job of it. Well, I'm sorry. You know what? <laughs> hey, here's what we got to Let's acknowledge that real yeah. quick. Um, he's united the country more than Trump did. Let's that be fucking a, real. That is a fact. He did. And DJ, we went. That's a fact. Thirty-seven minutes without one, without <laughs> fucking anything political. No, no, no. We, I, I, I did that one thing. That was timeout. Yeah. Okay. Timeout. Right. Well, timeout. Timeout. Well, let's. Let, I want to go back to something too because it's important. <laughs> it's important to recognize the transition. I mean, we, you know, I, we've probably built one of the pinnacle influencer models of companies in modern day era, right? Like that's. It's truth, right? You can't argue well, it. Well, everybody else uses it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think it's pretty influential. Yeah, I mean, you know, and so, I mean, it's, you know, pe- people, I get asked a thousand times, oh, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? But the thing is, is the original days of Instagram, you know, and these people ha- that really have no value, the people you're speaking of, it was, all right, hey, I'm going to get on Instagram in my swimsuit, right? Then I'm going to get on Instagram in, in a swimsuit that, at, at three quarters naked. Then I'm going to get more likes. I'm going to get seven eights naked. Mm. Where do you go from there? Yeah, right, right, right. Only fans. And so, <laughs> 
you know, it's it's allowed the progression where early on when social was relevant, you got to look at kind of like, you know, you get to look at all the hot chicks. You know, nobody would know that you were looking at all the hot chicks and the dudes, right? You look at all the weird shit. And so their following's got- Wait, what? What? Their following's- Hold on, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, we can't just zoom over there, bro. <laughs> hey, Joe, you got to put one of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, for real though, for real, for real. Because it's not just the hot chicks that have 18 million followers. It's all the, I mean, this is what our company stood against. Like, hey, if you got 18 abs and you want to keep posting pictures of yourself online, great. You ain't going to change nobody's fucking life. Right. right like, right. you're going to get seven, eights naked. Great. What value do you have? What education yeah. do you have? Well, how can you help me? How can you teach them? How can you provide be the result that I'm else. trying to be, be that and something else. But I, I think it's important, though, to, to recognize because these people who are starting brands and they don't understand social, like, you know, those people, they may have 19 million followers in today's land. They have no value. Right. Like that right. audience is dead because those people, you can't convert them. They're yeah. non-convertible. So you can't, you can't take 19 million people who just follow you because you get seven eights naked, guy or girl, I'll address it better. Because whenever you go to impress them with your knowledge, you, that's not what they're there for. Yeah. They're right. there to see a seven eights naked. That's, a great point. that's the point. Those one-off so, campaigns with huge influencers end up being most of the time a lot less valuable than if you have a long relationship with an influencer with maybe under 10,000 followers, yeah. but is completely aligned with what you do. And that's what they were posting about anyway. And whose audience is there to learn from them, especially like there's somebody that I worked with who does uh, do it yourself fashion stuff. And she has her, her fans love what she does because they can, they can learn from it and sort of recreate their stuff at home. And they're like fascinated by the hands-on approach and she's educating people. And if you're in fashion or something, working with someone like that is going to be so much more ROI and just every dollar better spent than a 20 million follower campaign with somebody who only posts bikini pictures. And you only get one post because it's all you can afford. Yeah. And if you look at the comments on big influencers posts when they break from just posting about themselves and do something that's obviously they're only doing it because they're getting paid. A lot of the times the comments now are vicious because right. everyone's so quick to pick up on That's it. That's why authenticity wins. I mean, yeah. this is why being you is important. You know, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many hours I've had on phones with influencers and coaching them, moving them and, you know, going through it. I mean, I've been doing it for the last 10 years. So, but understanding that I'd much rather have somebody that has 2,500 followers than somebody has 100. I, I mean, they're they are more relatable. They're more edgy. They're more- wait. You said you would rather have somebody that has 2,500 followers than 100 followers. Than, sorry, than 100,000 followers. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, must have, I misspoke. Because of the, the ability for them to speak to their crowd, because that audience follows that person for a reason. They're their friend. You right. know what I mean? They find value this, the, the, to the point. They share a common interest. And so figuring out if that common interest is going to work for us and them, like I'd, it's so much easier of a transition because that trust is already there with 2,500 people. The 100,000 people, I'm always, now I'm at the point where I can look at somebody's social in about 30 seconds. I can digest it and understand is this is going to work or not. But the 100,000 people, usually somewhere, if you dig deep, way deep down in your Instagram, there's seven eights naked. You know what I mean? There's a lot of followers in there. And the thing is, in today's world, there's tools. You can look at that stuff. You can see genuine audience. You can see interaction. You can see engagement. We run tools all the time. I can see somebody's uh, affluence score. Like I, I can tell if they're convertible. So like you can't fake your way through this game. Yeah. It's no different than you really than you could in the 80s or 90s. You're going to have to work your fucking way through the game. Yeah. And that's just the truth. Can we talk a little bit about guys, <clears throat> about people? So you found yourself, you're authentic, you're true to that. How important that is to stay that way? Because I think on the flip side too, we also see a lot of influencers who, you know, they've, they've amassed a huge following, they're making crazy amounts of money and they, they still get lost in the sauce and start doing dumb stuff. 
You know, like, how, like have you seen that a lot in, in your expertise? Rob? Yeah, I mean, it, I see it as much as everybody else, basically. I mean, yeah. when, it, when it makes headlines, we all hear about it. And it's it's just about treating your if you're if you're trying to become an influencer to better your life and and make income and form relationships with brands and build something, then you need to treat it like the business that it really is and monitor all right well what is it about my personal brand that's actually personal personal to me that helped me build this in the first place and try your best not to lose sight of that and treat it like you're showing up to work and not just showing up to you know screw around on social media and the more you treat it like a business and that can also include like if you're monetizing through merch or something set up an llc like have things in place that make it seem to you and in reality more like a business than just a pastime and you're probably more likely to keep the guardrails on when you go online and you're interested in posting something that's off brand or that might I hurt think you. that's super valuable bro like that's something that everybody has to remind themselves of you know like when you get in those ruts where you're like fuck I don't know what to say or I don't know what to you know uh I don't know what to you know post um you're getting lost in the metric you're getting lost in in the how many likes am I going to get how many comments am I going to get when you whip out your phone because you see something that is like meaningful to you and you talk about it, that's the purest form of content that people relate to. And, you know, a lot, I see a lot of people really mess this up because what happens is, and this is why the victim culture gets perpetuated so hard. Usually how this happens is the first time someone ever does that is when they're having a bad time. So the first time ever they figure out about how to be vulnerable or how to be authentic is when they're highly emotional in a bad way, Right. So they pick up their phone and they tell this story about this thing that happened to them or this medical condition or something real that they're going through, right? And people respond because it's authentic and everybody has empathy for that. And what happens is those people the next two days, let's say the weather changes, right? And their problems kind of flow away because that's what happens, guys. The weather's going to change. The sun's going to come back out and you're going to be like you were a couple days ago if you just give it a minute. And when that comes, they forget about how that story, right? And instead of attributing it to them being authentic as to why they were in highly engaged with, which is why they attribute it to them being the victim. And they start to tell these sad stories over and over and over and over. And then people tune the fuck out. And dude, like it's, it's so frustrating for me when I watch influencers go down that road because it happens all the time. And, it, and then it creates this situation. Yeah, I know. I know <laughs> exactly who the fuck too. you're <laughs> thinking about. And, and, uh, and, and then they become like these, these whiners that nobody wants to listen to. And like, guys, the reason people responded wasn't because of your sad story. It was because they have a sad story as well that they, that they empathize with. And they said, man, it really fucking sucks. And they appreciated the fact that you were like authentic about sharing it. It wasn't necessarily that you were struggling. And, uh, you know, if you guys could remember that, like, you can, you can have those authentic moments in all different types of situations. And if you watch people who are, who are really good at that, um, the people you follow, right? The people you are naturally engaged with, most of them are authentic in the moment. Most of them are talking about real shit that's happening. Most of them are talking about, you know, things that they're really into, like this woman that you're talking about who's uh, with her hands on with her fashion, right? Most people can, most people just like that sort of authenticity. It's not, it's not being a victim and whining that gets people to engage. It's, it's the authentic nature that comes with that. Yeah. It's also important to remember that 
engagement doesn't always mean quality. Right. Like just a small scale example with my stuff. Like sometimes I'll post just a static image talking about some case or whatever, and it'll get 3000 shares, which is a lot for my little right. page. But and my videos maybe won't get half as many likes or maybe only 30 people will save it. But anytime I meet somebody in real life who's familiar with me, they only talk about the video stuff because that's what they remember. And that's why a lot of times they'll reach out to me in the first place. So but if I were looking at it like, well, I guess I should only post the stuff that gets shared 3000 times. None of that would be helpful to me or very little. of it. Right. So to your point about like an influencer who posts something vulnerable and, and sees, wow, I got a million likes on that. I should just keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not that that is an indicator that that was the most quality thing you've ever done. Right. It's not that the what gets you the most attention is something you should do every single day. Right. Even though that's tempting. And that's you always the trap they fall, that. that we've seen them fall yeah. into. I see this with a lot of a lot of the uh, fitness influencers, men and women who, you know, they post their they overpost their bodies. Right. We know that your body is part of the of the deal, but you know people are interested in how you got that body, or what it takes to keep that body, or the struggles that you go through for that body, or the victories you have. You know they want to see that authentic shit. They don't want to see some just person they think is. And and you know also as I'm talking this out, a lot of it has to do with ego too, because a lot of people who are in a place they enjoy, um, they enjoy the idea. I know in the entrepreneur influencer space. There's a lot of guys who enjoy the idea of feeling superior to everybody else. So they like that um, all the younger entrepreneurs, younger in the game, not younger in age, like just the beginner entrepreneurs, they like to feel like they have something that these people don't. And that's why they're successful. When in reality, that's not true. The truth is they've done things or they've done things long enough or they have a circumstance that's allowed them to be there. They're not different than you. And so what happens is we get a lot of influencers who have, uh, they have attached their identity to I'm this superior person. And instead of like actually providing va valuable content, like how do people become like you? They just keep pushing this shit out and then they can't figure out why their brand's not valuable. You know what I'm saying? You're not, dude, there's three things that you got to do to be an effective influencer. It's really simple. You got to educate, you got to entertain or you got to impact, okay? And those are the three things. Like if you do those three things, one of those three things is going to be valuable to the equity of your brand. If you do things outside of that, that are self-serving for your ego purposes, they're going to dilute your brand. And that's how you should think about it. I got a lot of questions about this, so I'm gonna talk about it today. <laughs> we just fucking talked about this. Like the number one fucking bullshit line on the internet is, People keep asking me, but nobody's asking you shit, motherfucker. <laughs> that's, that's your ego. Yeah. But I, I, there's there's a couple things this, right? Whatever that, comes out of their mouth after people keep asking me or I got a lot of questions is, a lot. is something that they want to talk about, that they want to brag about. Serving their ego. Yeah. And and dude, so stop using that line, motherfuckers. Like at least be original and say something like, you know, hey, this is what I want to talk about. Like, I mean, fuck, <laughs> It's dude. authentic. Yeah. No, but I mean, I so to your point though, right? Static, static post video static post likes video, you've seen the progression of, of the influencer model go from static post to video. Why? Because the authenticity is really hard to fucking duplicate inside a video. Right. And, you know, and that's why everybody's like, oh, I'm uncomfortable on camera. Well, guess what? I was uncomfortable on camera too. Up front. Me too. And I Me got too. myself out there and I figured it out. And guess what? I can grab, give me that motherfucking phone. I'll put any video down you want, you know, yep. but people love to see behind the scenes video. It's, it's very hard to Photoshop a video. It's hard to Photoshop your life in a video. 
And when I'm coaching people and, and helping people figure out or establish their brand, I always tell Tanders point on three things. You can only be three things. And for me, it's fitness, family, and business. The only three things I post about. Because you, for you to be the jack of all trades, master of none, nobody's going to follow you. Nobody's going to want to be you. You don't add value. I only do three things. That's it. You come to my page, I talk about three things. My kids, the business, or fitness. And that's it. Because I guess what? I'm not going to teach you how to change oil in your fucking car. And I'm not going to act like it because it's not me. So like understanding like, hey man, you got to figure out this to the point of my kids in college, like, or not going to college. You have to figure out what you love to do and just do that and do it really well and teach people and educate them, entertaining them and impact their lives and create change. And in a small microcosm, you can monetize that at a big level. We have people that have 5,000 followers that make $25,000 a month. I mean, it's very regular around here. And so understanding that your ability to help people change their lives or help them solve the problem that they have we all have the same opportunity on this little fucking screen. You can either start doing it or get passed up. Which one you want? You know what's funny to me, dude, is like I think about all our buddies who are professional guys, like they're professionals, right? Doctors and shit like that. They're all mystified by this shit, right? Like they're like, but then I remember like four or five years ago, those were the same fucking guys that were like, oh, there's Andy. He fucking thinks he's like a celebrity on the internet, you know? And now they're like, oh, <laughs> how, how the fuck did he do that? You know, it's like, dude, you, you got to get my shirt off. Hey, listen, got a thong. Yeah. Listen, that works a little bit. <laughs> dude, you know it works. I what do you, you look do like in a thong? Yeah. That's got to be an ugly ass sight, I man. Sell my, I sell my used ones. I mean, that's how I'm making I bet you money. do. Yeah. I bet you do. Worn thongs. Have you represented any OnlyFans people? Uh, yeah. And that, that whole- Have you it, seen the money these people are making? I have. Holy hell. It is unbelievable. I, it, it is shocking. The soul is for sale. Yeah. <laughs> when I heard this out of the gate, I mean, some of these, some of these gals and guys- that you watch on OnlyFans. Yeah, I was going to ask. If I, I mean, had these a people are making you know three, four, five hundred grand a month. Yeah, for showing and, their butthole. For, yeah, yeah, for <laughs> and, real. And their elbows. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to build a long term brand, don't do that. Yeah. Now, if you want to make some short, quick money, do just that. <laughs> my wife, we were talking. So, so it, the joke about, hey, I got to You can rent my car and house for a photo pick. I'm. We're getting ready to move, and I was telling my wife, you know, because you know, listen, moving's hard, and it just like this is real. This is real right here getting ready to, to progress through life and get back into a money situation and it makes you a little uncomfortable maybe and you start talking these things through and we had to only say, well, Rocky, here's the deal. You get on OnlyFans for like three months. We fuck cover the gap real quick. You know what I mean? Like real quick. Nobody will know. You don't have to show your face. Let's just rock and roll. You know, hips, hips, to, hips to shoulders. Dude, look, I don't, I don't necessarily give a fuck if people do OnlyFans. Like people got to pay the bills, you know? Like no, I don't, here's I don't. my recommendation. If, you, if that's you and you're going to do it, uh, do it well. Re, re, no, realize this. You're a professional athlete. Your contract will expire and you should be responsible with the funds that you make. Here's where I have a problem with it. I see a lot of the, especially the women. I see a lot of women who weren't making shit on social, right? Uh, they're now making a lot of money. And, you know, they're out buying a fucking Lambo and a fucking this. And they're talking about how they're a bad bitch and this and that and this. Bitch, you're showing your butthole. Let's be fucking real. You, everybody else got a butthole too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just being serious. So like, this is probably one of the most realist right. fucking conversations no. we've ever had. So let's not talk about bad bitch. You, you're showing your butthole. Okay. <laughs> no. And, and listen, I can respect it. I can. Yeah. But I ain't going to respect that you're some badass entrepreneurship. That's right. Like, okay. Now, if you take that money and you flip it into real estate or you flip it into something or you turn yeah. it into a real brand, this is the same argument I've had with all the e-com entrepreneurs, the young guys and the young girls who are 20 years old. And they're fucking, yeah, they're making funnels and driving a Huracan because they made a couple hundred grand, right? And they want to flex. Look, dude, 
the way to win this fucking war, and this goes for the OnlyFans girls, and like, look, dude, if you, that's what you do, cool. I really don't care. Like, I have no, I'm pro-freedom, bro. And I'm, that's to the core. I don't judge. I really don't. If you're an exotic dancer, whatever the fuck you do, you got to pay the bills. Totally cool. But think about it in a way of how you're, you can't do this forever. Just like a pro football guy can't play 50 years in the NFL. He's going to play, if he's a legend, he's going to play 18 years. If he's a regular dude, he's going to play four. All right. So what are we going to do with that money? How are we going to leverage that into our income for the rest of our lives? Because guys, uh, you're not going to be young and beautiful your whole life. And not to mention OnlyFans could disappear like it almost did yeah. a few months ago. Yeah. And then there was a lot of panic going on. For like, sure. Sure, competitors and, will come through. And, and there was a lot of people who weren't panicking because there are a lot of smart women out there who are building that into businesses. I know a lot of right. them. And uh, look, man, I, I... And if you need a place to put it, call Aaron Wags. You know, he's got some franchises. Man, dude's coming. got some shit going on. <laughs> yeah. So like, girls, if you're struggling, where to put your money, call Aaron Wagner. Yeah, Aaron, listen, Aaron, you're welcome. Yeah, dude, listen. That... Out of all closed. the young guys that I know, that dude's fucking doing it. I went in on that hot chicken franchise, though, man. Wait, I just had a great fucking pun. How you much fun did we have going up visit him? Oh, it was fucking amazing. Yeah. No, I said that was a shameless plug. You get it, butt plug? You get it? No, yeah. no, he didn't hear the show yet. Two thumbs in the butt. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have, yeah. A new, we have a new show. You put two thumbs in his butt? No, no, no. <laughs> That'll get likes. <laughs> yeah whatever hey whatever for the gram bro we take care of each other all right authentic authentic we got bigger thumbs <laughs> we're about the same size <laughs> so dude we're fucking we, you didn't hear the show today no i told andy, you I, I andy dj cruise the internet no we got a new format yeah, all right great. so dj just puts shit up on the on the screen and then we talk about it did he fail at that too Sort of, because we were supposed to be a well, funny show, and then he like put up all the hardest <laughs> shit. Like I'm, I'm over here thinking, like, all right, have dude, fun today. We're finally gonna have a fun show, and this motherfucker's putting up like the darkest shit on the web, <laughs> and I'm like, well, fuck, bro. So uh, you know, it'll get funnier, guys. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, searching for a new so, host. So how yeah. we how how the thumbs in the butt works in this scenario? In this particular situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do tell yeah what the fuck is wrong with us a lot so, yeah i know so <laughs> but we're authentic so there's, yeah, there's, there's so there's a segment at the end of the show it's two thumbs up all right that's the segment yeah. so you either get you either get it's called two thumbs you either get two thumbs up or you get two thumbs in the butt all right what was the segment? so i posted this this headline which you know on the surface sounds fucking amazing two thumbs up so the the, the headline was you know a guy a british man Visited 51 bars in 24 hours. That's fucking two thumbs up. We're from Missouri. I'm with it. But you start digging into it. He only had to drink four ounces of any beverage at that bar. And over the course of eight hours, it was only like 17, 12 ounce And beverages. the four ounces didn't have to be alcohol. Yeah, it could have been anything. It could be any beverage. So instead, you know, if that was, if that was four ounces of beer at all those places, that's 17 beers. 17 beers in eight hours ain't that big of a deal for a professional drinker like myself. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I've done that many a times in my life. So have you. I'm assuming many of us have. All right. We're from fucking Missouri. That's yeah, what we, we don't do. have nothing else to do here, motherfuckers. Yeah. We drink beer and what did I say? We run around with our Confederate flags <laughs> naked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's it's authentic. They, bro, that's what they think in LA. They're yeah. like, you guys are from Missouri. Yeah. You're fucking, your s'mores outfits. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> no, like, no, bro. It's just s'mores outfits, bro. <laughs> like, bro that was fucking the funniest fucking part of that show, bro. The s'mores outfits. So, I almost forgot <laughs> about that. See, man. I'm out. Like, I haven't yeah. listened to oh, it. So. Fucking, oh, it was fucking, least solid. informed guy on the internet. That's right. 
That's yeah, right. It was fucking anyway, good. Though. Listen to the show if you want to hear the joke. Because we're funny as fuck. Don't think you don't, you're dodging about this two thumbs in your butt, though, because you guys are <laughs> okay. trying to get out of so it. So this guy got two thumbs in the butt because yeah. he failed. He, he fucking, dude, listen. Not I as impressive as a headline. It's not, no, it was fucking bullshit. Yeah, it was It was a bullshit, bullshit headline, like 90% of them. Not, no, like 98% of them. Yeah. It was a fake Instagram post. Yeah. It was you know, CNN. It was for, for the likes. Yeah, for the likes. It. For the gram. Agreed. Dude, you got anything for us to look at today? Oh, I mean. That's your job for the minute. Let's talk about something. Got so, it. dude, what would you, what would you give, uh, what would your advice be to someone who owns a company, all right, and isn't quite sure how to start? Because I get this a lot. Because a lot of these guys that we know that are professionals and own brands, they're like, man, I, I, they, they still haven't caught on how to work with influencers. You know, they're asking, they, they call us a lot and they're like, hey, man, like, I got this person and they do this and like, how do I work with them? Like, they don't even know how to work with them. Could you run through like basically a couple basic steps for someone who hasn't signed their first couple influencers and has no idea that would, that would help protect them and make it a productive uh, relationship? Yeah. I mean, usually I get involved once the relationship has been set and it needs to be documented. And so, so you can actually get the campaign going. But I know a lot of people who work in agencies that are, specialized in matching brands with influencers and finding influencers that will actually work for the brand and so on. And I know what you should not do is just cold DM a whole bunch of influencers that you found on one of those services that will find people for you with some impersonal message and hope that something will stick to the wall. That's a waste of time, number one. And it's also not a great way to start a relationship with somebody that you want to represent your brand. And it's not just like, oh, this influencer is now representing me on social media the way most people would think of it. Legally, if an influencer says something about your brand as part of a campaign, that is your brand's advertising. And so you're on the hook for stuff they say if they say something that you wouldn't be able to support. So they're like literally representing you. So to start off a relationship with an obvious copy paste message that shows you didn't really do any work on them. And it works the other way too. If you're an influencer reaching out to brands, don't make it don't make someone think even if it's not true that you just are spamming brands trying to catch whatever deal lead with something that shows you did your minimum homework and that's that's a a, a much more the kind of intro that's much more likely to turn into something good for for both parties um but if you are having trouble identifying influencers that will work with you there there are legitimate agencies out there that will help you with that and there's all kinds of tools now that if you know how to use them i think can help match you as well usually like i said what what i uh get involved with is making sure that both sides are clear on what they want out of this campaign and who's giving up what and getting what and for how long and where and stuff like that because it's so so common for disputes to happen where I'll give you an example. Like if if a and this comes up all the time. Let's say a brand's sending out free product to influencers and and the exchange is you create one Instagram story in exchange for getting this free product or something. The brand then collects a bunch of these Instagram stories and and runs an ad on their own page stitching those Instagram stories together. They think, well, because those people created the content in exchange for the free product, we can do whatever we want with that content. But that's not the case unless you had an agreement specifically saying that. You need to have a publicity rights release from the influencer. You need to have something saying that you have the license to use the content in your own advertising, stuff like that. 
And it, it's so common for brands to want to just do everything in, in influencer marketing all at once. And you can save so much time and headache and stress and attention away from your business if you're not really thinking about, all right, what, what steps do I need to do to plan for this and actually have something documented that will, and this goes back to not really being a trust issue. It's more like, I have in my mind this for this campaign. Let me make sure that this person on the other side understands what I'm thinking and vice versa so that you're clear and you can quickly nip those things in the bud when they come up. And they will come up. If you have a big enough influencer campaign, there's going to be disputes even if there's no reason for them. And if you can point to like, well, here's here's exactly, there's nice ways to do it, of course. Like, you know, we, we value you. We want to keep this relationship going. Here's part of the agreement that we had where it says we could use it in print or something or, or on this platform. And that's important too, because guys, uh, when you're dealing with influencers, it's really no different than dealing with employees. In fact, in this in this way, you know, it's different personalities. Sometimes people roll out of bed the wrong side and they're fucking mad about nothing and they're going to call you mad about nothing and you're going to be like, what the fuck is going on? And you have to solve it, you know? So uh, you have to understand that sometimes those conflicts are going to come just because someone's having a bad day. Uh, and, you know, hopefully you're not the kind of person that makes things hard on someone because you're having a bad day. But that does happen both ways sometimes, you know, so it's very important to get that set up. You know, what would you say for, um, you know, somebody who is, let's just say, you know, let's just use a doctor's office because I find we have RSA syndicate where it's all entrepreneurs in there and, and I, we have a lot of medical professionals in there. Uh, and and mo most of the time I found that medical professionals are terrible at fucking business, like literally the worst people at business. And the reason they're the worst people at business is because they think they're smart because they went to school to be a doctor. They think they understand business too and literally everything else. This is why most of us hate to hang out with fucking doctors. It's the truth, okay? Um, what would you give for advice to someone like that who literally knows nothing, but they want to start to take their little brick and mortar operation and use influencers? How would they target influencers that would be relevant to them and then spark that relationship without um coming across as uh generic i think in that kind of situation where you, where you have someone with expertise in a certain lane uh i think you'd probably agree it's really important to surround yourself with people who know stuff that you don't yeah, and absolutely. who are specialists at certain things that great leading question by the way yeah yeah that that uh Right. Thank you. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Isn't it true that it's important yeah. to surround yourself? <laughs> Pretty I, 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 But you know what? I do agree. <laughs> so in that situation, I, I, what I would recommend is find someone who does that as their job and, and treat them with the respect that you would of anybody else in your office. Like it used to be that social media managers were the high school interns and, and, right. and, you know, nobody really knew what they did and yeah. they like made pictures on Canva or something. It is a legitimate job that can really help you, and there are actual pros who do it. And can and, break you too. Yeah, and if yeah. you if you can find someone, and again, probably through a referral of someone that you trust, who can do that job, and you and you have you you have the ability to step back and let them do that job for you without trying to be overbearing. Because I have friends who do that job, and they're like, "Oh, the client has hired me, and yet they want to tell me how to do everything every step of the way," and then they're surprised when it doesn't work out. 
So that would be what I would say. Find somebody who specializes in that work that you can trust and then just trust them to do their job. Let, I, let, me, let, me, let me add on this because, you know, I, I consult in this little category and, you know, either you learn to do it or your competitor is going to get better at you and doing it and they're going to put you out of business. So there's a there's an advantage to understanding, okay, it's an it's now a necessity. It's not a it's not a like a plus. It's a fucking staple. And so you either figure out how to get better than your competitor at the at the social aspect and brick and mortar, or somebody's gonna put you out of business who's better at it than you are. Yeah. And you know, you take the doctor's office, like take my wife, for example. It was really my wife's a nurse practitioner. She does like injector stuff, things like that. And two or three years ago, she was real nervous. Well, we can't do this. This isn't like really accepted in our field. Well, Guess what? Great time to do it. Great time to fucking do it. And she's kicked ass ever since, right? And opened up this entire category. Now all these people are doing it in that way. So you think that social media is not for you. I'm here to tell you that's you being weak because you're scared to do the work and get vulnerable and learn a new skill. That's yeah. what it is. It's just it's the gonna truth. Cost you. It's, it's going to cost, cost you everything. You. Yeah. Especially if you're in an area that, if there is an area that's still hesitant to get involved in social go. media, what an opportunity. Fuck go. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth, man. And I would say on the flip side too, just to be fair, there's a lot, we deal with this sometimes too. You know, like we get these younger influencers who happen to have a couple million followers, right? They're fucking 19, 20 years old. They got a couple million followers. They think they're going to come in here and tell me how social works. It's like, motherfucker, uh, you know the system that everybody else uses? We were the first fucking company to do it. So when you're talking to me, like you think you know some shit, realize you're talking to the motherfucker that fucking invented the shit and put it into play and invented the system that fucking literally every company fucking uses now. We get this all the time. These young bucks come in here and they're like, oh, I got two million. Listen, you motherfuckers need to humble yourself because when you come across people that actually know how this works, they can take your two million followers and turn it into two million dollars a fucking month. Okay. We dealt with this today. Oh, yeah. Y you course. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, and, and sometimes people want to shelter it. It's like, hey, listen, you, you know. The, the competitive advantage that we have learned over time is, you know, we've been doing this particular piece, influencer marketing on social for the last 10 years, 10 years. And that experience and all the failures, you need to talk about somebody for name, image, likeness, you know, asking you for royalties. Like, you know how I learned that mistake? I fucking did it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I don't do anymore? That. Mm -hmm. You know, I had somebody call me one time, they're like, oh, you used my picture on a video and you guys monetize it and I want royalties for it. So guess what I did? I went into the Instagram and I took the goddamn post down. I said, no, nah, I don't need it anymore. But <laughs> my point being is like now moving forward, when I put somebody in a video, guess what I do? Yeah. Dude, you, you know, know humility mean? goes a long way in this game. It really does. Yeah. In business, like just saying, hey, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, what can I learn from you? You know, and vice versa. Like I like to look at these younger people that that we get in contact with. Most of them are wonderful people, by the way. Um, there's just been a few that think they... A few, there's a few highlights over the years. Yeah, right, for sure. And if I told you the stories, you never work with these motherfuckers again, but I would never do that to someone because I'm not a piece of shit. The truth is, most of them are really cool. And you can learn, like, as a company, you can learn a lot from the younger influencers who are doing things differently. Uh, you can learn about the new technologies and the new ways of doing things. But ultimately, um, being humble with these situations on both sides and approaching someone and saying, hey, look, we're, this is what we're, our goal is, and this is how we see you helping us. And we, our goal is also beneficiary to you as well, because, and that's something that no one talks about. Not many people talk about what the brand does for the influencer. You know, most of the time it's, it's formatted as a one-way street. We're going to pay you and you go do this for us. But I'm telling you, one of the things that makes our company unique 
is that we try to contribute back to our influencers as much as we take from them. We want to build their credibility. We want to put them as an expert. We want to build their brand equity. And those things are valuable when looking for a brand to work with, guys. Like, it's not just about the paycheck that you're going to take for the next six months. It's about what's this company going to do to help credit, make you credible and build your expertise? And what skills can they teach you? And what can you learn from them? And vice versa. And those are the relationships that I think we both agree are the best ones. Not only that, I mean, I, you know, 99.5% of our people have stayed. You ever notice that the people that also are the highest converting influencers are exactly what I just described? They're the easiest to work with. They're the most humble. They listen and they're willing to teach. And they're willing without this idea of, I don't want to tell you my secrets. You know, yeah, yeah you right. Know? Well, I mean, I think because there's a, I mean, but look at our our model in particular. And I think from a small business owner, this is very reputable. You have to find and come up with a business deal that's fair for everyone. Yeah. It, and it's, hey, man, a lot it's of good people for wanting you. to make a one side deal. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, and, and it's, and the thing is, is moving forward, people are smart. You know, like yeah. I, I had a deal one time to, for $20,000 as opposed to Febreze thing, a fucking gl- plug-in, 20 mm-hmm. grand. We were sitting in my office. I'm like, I said, don't do it. Hey, he said, don't do it. And I'm sitting here thinking like, fuck, I, for 20 grand, I'm going to post Febreze. Yeah. And, and Andrew's like, don't do it, man. Yeah. And it, it's true because it's like. Yeah, because now for, for the rest of the fucking time, you'll see for, it. You're for sale. That's right. And yeah. they'll see it. And, and for your position and what our game that's not a good that's thing. That's weak. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you need to understand that sometimes you're going to do this for free. Right. You know what I mean? And understanding there's a value to it and you being associated. And maybe it's something that you learned. Maybe it's something that you can educate yourself on. And that story for me, like I wasn't going to post hashtag ad. Dude, you know how many- It's not valuable. For you know how many fucking millions of dollars I've passed on? I mean, dude, at this point in time, it's tens of millions of dollars I've passed on from companies wanting to advertise on this show or have me rep their shit. Tens of millions of dollars that I passed on. The, the only reason I passed on it, the only fucking reason, well, there's two reasons. One, in every case, I wasn't an actual customer of that product. Um, one was a whiskey that I didn't drink. One was a shoe I didn't wear. And others were like that similar situation. Uh, and two, I want my word to mean something. And I, that's more important to me than fucking any amount of money. I want my people to know when they listen to this show uh, or buy my products that we actually represent, that there's no there's no ulterior motive here. It, it, I'm telling you what the fuck it is. And, and that's my most valuable asset. My most valuable asset is my authenticity and my ability to communicate what I what I see as the truth. And I don't want them to ever question that. And that's why I don't do it. And, it, and in turn, that's made our brand much bigger. It's made the podcast much bigger. It's made all of the other companies much bigger because people recognize that, you know? And so- you have to really question when people come to you with an offer is how is this going to play out? What's this going to do to my personal brand? Because guys, we're still in the beginning of personal branding. We're still in the end. This is still the infancy. A lot of you guys think, oh man, I'm 45 years old and I haven't gotten started, bro. There is a guy I follow and I can't think of his name. He's a pilot. Uh, is he, is he the black guy? Okay, so I follow this black guy who's a pilot. He's got a big beard. I can't think of his name. He's fucking super entertaining, like super awesome. He's probably in his forties. Uh, does does these really cool calls on the on the on the headset when he's doing? You know, like he's just an entertaining dude. But the point is, is like he's building tens of thousands of followers by being authentically him. Like this guy flies a little bitty airplane. I cannot think of his name. If you guys can find the name, I want to say it because I really enjoy this guy's content because it's fun. But uh, it, you're not too late to the game. It's just starting. You know what I mean? And 
The cool thing is, is here, and this is the coolest part, like tying it back to what you said earlier, how it used to be, uh, how, what you said earlier, Sal, about how it used to be about just kind of showy. And now it's about authenticity. Now, people are so over the showy shit. You don't have to have it to win. You used to have to have it to be, to win on social. Now you've just got to have interesting things to say. So it really evens the playing field. If you, if you are comfortable standing with who you are, what you believe, uh, and no matter if it goes along with the mainstream narrative or it doesn't, or what's popular or it doesn't, people will listen to you because they know it's truly coming from what you believe. And that's, that creates an opportunity to grow a brand. You know what I mean? It's also less risky legally. If, if everything you're saying is true, I mean, endorsements and reviews have to be truthful. Yeah. A lot of them aren't, but the law is that if you're going to endorse a product, it has to re reflect your honest belief. So right. it's just safer if you're only promoting brands that you actually use yeah. and like. You don't have to worry about yeah. that. Dude, I think, I, I just, I, 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 not only is it good business strategy, but I mean, like, think about your conscience. Like, I could never, I don't know. It's just me. Like, I couldn't, do DJ, you and I talked about this uh, two or three days ago when I was leaving the building. I'm like, uh, I was talking about our pre. I have my my megawatt, my uh, carnitine there, and someone asked me, had just asked me on my social, what do you use for pre workout? And I was able to answer them honestly. You know, like I took a picture of my locker. I'm like, here it is. This is what I take. It's our shit. And I said, to DJ, we were walking out of the building. I said, you know it's such a good feeling, like truly believing in your brand. Like when I walk around our office and I know that all these people are here for the right reasons, I know we make the best products. Um, I know that, you know, if I, I know that we're legitimate and like, it feels fucking great to be able to stand behind that. And like, I, I was making a comment to him, like, how do you, how could you, maybe some people just don't give a fuck, but like, I, I just couldn't stand behind something that wasn't real and wasn't what I felt the best. I just couldn't do it, you know, and it doesn't matter for the money or not. But I, mean, I, I think having that level of standard and that level of integrity will all, always lead you to the highest valuable outcome in, mo in money um, because it's real, you know? Well, I, I mean, that's looking back as a retrospective, it's a great feeling. I think understanding it as a perspective, being a new influencer I think the lesson there is don't always just take the money to take the money. No. You know, be you, be unequivocally you. And if you don't use the product, you don't like the brand, don't endorse the product, don't endorse pass, the brand. If you have to pass three or four deals to get to the one that you want, make that one you want happen because you're going to be way happier. You're going to be way more fulfilled. You're going to feel good about representing the product. When you're actually posting about it, you're not going to feel like it's an ad. You're going to feel like it's just part of your life. Yeah. And you'll get followers over a longer time that stick with you too. If, sure. if your page just becomes, you know, like the ad part of a magazine, yeah. people aren't going to want to keep tuning into that. That's a whole nother problem with social, dude. These people who are ad whores, they go out and they sign deals with 15 different companies and every post is some sort of ad. Yeah, They're not even related. Th those people don't convert at all. Like, and a lot of you guys think that's the way they it, see that as success. Bro, and it's not true. Bro, I can tell you this when we're looking at influencers, which we've, we evaluate influencers every fucking Tuesday. And when I look at them and I look in their link tree and they've got six or seven or eight links, it's automatic. No, it's an automatic. No, because I know they're for sale. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to get this out there because it's, this is a I got asked this question yesterday in one of our progression meetings. And we have a saying around here. There's never a wrong time to do the right thing. Right. It's a Vince Lombardi quote, quote but we use it, hijacked it. I'm sure somebody else made it before Vince, but he gets my credit for it. And. The question was, is how do you know if it's the right thing? And the answer is, is if, if you have to think about it, it's probably the wrong thing. 
Yeah. And your gut should tell you the difference between right and wrong. And when there's money attached to it, you have to learn to actually disassociate the money from the deal. Would you take it if it were free? Yes or no? I was talking to Megs in the locker room this morning about that. He, he was telling me and Cody that about, uh, about uh, he said he was in a meeting with, this is our buddy who was just here visiting. He played in the NFL. And he was saying he was in a meeting with, at the Steelers one time and they had this big playbook that was like 700 pages long. And the guy pushed to the side. He's like, I only got one rule here. It's do the right thing. There's a right thing and a wrong thing. You know the right thing. And he goes, how do you know when it's the right or the wrong thing? And he said the whole room got quiet and Jerome Bettis spoke up. And he goes, if you got to think about it. You already know. It's true. Yeah. It's like 75 hard, bro. Like I argue you fuckers come to me with all these questions. It's so fucking irritating. If you got to ask, the answer is the harder thing. That's just what it is. Right. Like it's all, if you come to me and you say, should I climb Mount Everest or should I fucking do a jog around the block? I'm going to say, what's the harder thing? Well, yeah. but, and I, I mean, I'm struggling with this personally right now. I was telling you, you know, we're considering because of our kids and mask and all the things that are going on. I know you live in, in Cala, China, but in Missouri, we try to navigate those things. And I'm trying to get out to where my kids can be in an environment that's normal. Right. And it's going to be inconvenient. I'm going to have to uproot a lot of things that I've worked really hard to do over a long period of time. It's going to change our lifestyle. There's going to be all these things. It is by far and away the harder choice without question. But it's likely the right choice. Yeah. And what I tell you, I said, bro, you're going to fucking love it. Yeah. And it's hard, but yeah. right? Like in the, in the, in the moment, and, and this happens a thousand times a day for everybody in some way, shape or form. Like you have to look at it and say, okay, am I being convenient or am I doing the right thing? Dude, let me ask you something. No bullshit. Out of all the harder decisions that you ever had to make, the easier or the hard, how many times you make the hard decision to regret it? Never. Okay. Me Never. too. Never. Makes me think about the thing that Goggins says. I, I love that guy yeah, so much. Yeah, he's a stud, man. Uh, his philosophy of do something every day that sucks is something I think about a lot. Yeah. And to train yourself to get used to choosing the uncomfortable thing yeah. versus the easy thing. And uh, yeah, that's like exactly what you're talking about. Like get used to putting yourself in situations safer ones like am i going to actually wake up at 5 a.m and go to the gym do that because it sucks it so that you. when you have to make real choices that suck you're used to doing that i think i honestly think that's a big issue of what we're seeing in the world today i think people are so comfortable with their lives that they, they're willing to now back off of things that they personally believe in because it's inconvenient and guys you know that's a testament to where you're going in life in my opinion because if you're going to go with the inconvenient or you're going to go with the convenient route and you're willing to sacrifice some of your personal beliefs to go with convenience, where's that line drawn for you? Where is it going to end for you? You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a lot, if you will allow yourself to be compromised uh, value wise because for convenience, you know, I don't know where, where does that stop? You know, I think that's an important question people should be asking themselves, you know, especially given the current situation um with the tyranny that's happening in this country like at what point is it going to get to be enough to where you decide that you've had enough and the scary thing is is i the way that this subversion works communist subversion works it's very much by design intentional by the time most people wake the fuck up and stand up to it guess what it's too late and that's why i've been so vocal and so political over the last two years because i understand that because i've studied it you know so you know, let's get real deep on politics right now. Make the show real. <laughs> <laughs> Look, dude. I mean, it, listen. It's a. I mean, it, 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 there is an impact on social media with it. Yeah, 
You know, I mean, well, I, a lot of a lot of influencers, bro, have completely diluted diluted their brands entirely because they've ignored the topic. They people want to know what the fuck you believe because most people feel alone right now. Yeah, well, and it's scary, right? And it I is think scary. It is scary. I mean, it's much like courage um, is always rewarded. Yeah, fucking always. Well, again, that's the harder decision, right? Yeah. It's easier to be passive, and it you know, and it and it's one of those things like you. There's a lot of risk there, and so it's why most people won't do it it's because they they see the risk reward. And they, they feel that the risk is not worth the reward, but understanding that people value the people who will take the risk. And it's just much like taking a, a shot at getting on social media and trying to start something. It's risky. You yeah. know why? Because you get vulnerable. Yeah. And that's, a, that's why when you start looking at people that you value, who have great influence, who can impact their lives, it's why people support those people. Yeah. So the, you know, the lesson to the 20-year-old kid is you know, perspective is a motherfucker. Meaning, don't sell things. Don't be about things that you don't understand fully, and 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 can teach people and can add value to their lives. But compounding interest over the next ten years, the truth always wins. The truth will always win. And understanding that if you stand your ground and if you stand for something and you're able to help people through life, you can win. And that's that's the lesson. And so, what do you got for us? All right. So I got I got I got I got three, but uh. I got three, but let's see. Let's see how it goes. This this first one, I mean, this, this sounds like me on a fucking old old Saturday night. Sounds like you two and two thumbs in the ass, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missing Turkish man joined search party for himself. Wow. They could have wrote this about me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. What's so, going on, guys? So, so the story behind this, apparently, this guy got drunk at a party, wandered away from his friends. Okay, his friends call the cops. The cops put on this big fucking search party. This fucking guy joins the fucking search party. And it didn't fucking click in his head until they're yelling his fucking name. He's like, yo, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to be with this guy. Pretty Bro, fucking that guy, that guy, how many times did that almost happen to you? I mean, I don't, I don't fucking remember. <laughs> so, what? Yeah, no, like, I can't believe this dude's got the same name as me. Yeah. <laughs> What's man, that? You, you guys, you guys befriended another sale. Fuck you guys, man. Oh, yeah. dude, alcohol. Two thumbs up. Hell of a drug. Two, Two thumbs, thumbs up. up. There Two we thumbs go. up for Two sure. thumbs up. You guys want to do one more? Yeah. 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 All right, here's another one. Uh, since we have Rob in studio, so this is uh, both have to do with Cali, uh, California, and and kind of the law, but it sounds about sounds about right for California. California man sues psychic, who said she could remove witch's curse from X. Oh man, there's so much to work with there. So yeah, I mean, uh, so what would he you wants do? Twenty five k. Plus twenty five k in damages. Yeah, we got we got to ask Rob. I mean, what would you do? So, so backstory on this is this man went to go see a psychic. Uh, broke up with his ex-girlfriend and the psychic told him that if he paid her $5,100 that she could remove the, the curse. Put a $1,000 deposit, ain't been sleeping right since. So uh, does he have a chance? So, so the idea is like <laughs> if the curse is removed, they'll get back together or something? Or his life will be be better than it was. What does he care about his exes being cursed? Like, anyway. I don't understand what his goal was, but yeah, I don't know. Goal is get his thousand dollar deposit back. Apparently, <laughs> wait. So what, so what happened here? So this, so this so guy, this, this guy's ex had a witch put a curse on him. I see. Correct. Okay. Okay. All right. And so the guy went to the psychic, and the psychic told him if he pays her fifty one hundred bucks, that she could get it removed. She could remove it from him. Got it. Okay. So this is like witch wars. 
Yeah, I, I guess so. So Sounds you hire a witch, I hire a witch. Yeah, and we'll thing. see how it goes. Okay. Dude, it's like suing. What's that lady you talk about at the beginning of the show? Miss Chloe. Oh, yeah, Miss Chloe. It didn't come yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to follow this one. I, I do, I, <laughs> now I'm really I'll curious. To, I'm yeah, curious. Pull, like, we'll have to circle back. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. circle back on that one. I mean, almost certainly the guy doesn't have a lawyer and he's representing himself. Because I sure. cannot imagine anybody would take that case. Yeah, especially for that. I, it would be interesting if the, if the um, psychic hires an attorney. And if so, who? I'll be curious about that and uh, see how long it goes. But, you know, it's hard to prove curses. I, I don't think I've seen that done before. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's tough. I'll tell you, I was telling uh, Andy, I told I told. Do we Rob, really need to prove anything anymore? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> but Andy, I was telling Rob. I thought Rob, we just threw tantrums and got awarded shit. I was true? telling Rob yeah. about a story when we went to California, how we were driving to the, to the farm. And there was this lady that was standing in the middle of the park and she was whipping, whipping herself. Whipping herself. Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, so I saw this headline, I'm like, California makes it. Bro, they were, we were driving to speak at that event. We were there for a couple weeks ago and uh, we're driving down the road, dude. And like, you see some weird shit in California, man. Like, how was the last time you've been there? I've, okay, so it's I, been I a while. San Diego, Nutramar, 2015. Bro, I'm telling you, <laughs> LA is a bizarre place. It's Don't go back. And even the motherfuckers that live there will tell you that. Like yes. true or not true? Absolutely true. Yes. You guys see some shit every single day that you never saw before. Yeah. Ever. When today, <laughs> to, on this particular day, what we both saw, we had never seen before. I've never seen it before. There was this woman, she, what, White four, lady, 400 500 pounds? Four, 500 pounds. Easy. Like a, a large human. Yeah. With a full fucking bullwhip, whipping it around her back. Yeah. Like in, on the side of the street, like, like twirling it and then like snapping it on her own back. Like, not yeah. like super hard or nothing, but it no, was, yeah, no, no. It probably was, didn't feel good. Well, the best part about it, so I mean, we all look at each other, right? Like, what the fuck? And the driver's like, yeah, it's maybe that was her. Out, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, that was her outdoor workout of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just show seventy five hard. <laughs> Listen, I, you know what? If you want to whip yourself with a bull, that's the harder option. <laughs> right. I, I ain't gonna say it doesn't count. <laughs> hey, dude. That was some weird shit. It was, it was I take that back. Weird. Last time I was in California was literally when coronavirus hit. It was pre-COVID. I remember yeah, that. It was literally, I was, in, I was in Chinatown the same weekend that Pelosi was hugging. Say, we should be out hugging each other. And yeah, I yeah. was there. I was like literally in the middle of it. And there's shit on the sidewalks now that I think about it. Yep. So I retract my statement. And what were you there for? I just took Raquel for the, oh, we're going for Jason Klepa's dollars. Oh, that's right. That's right. Auction. Oh, event. fuck. You yeah. were in the Bay Area. Yeah, we were that's like. That's way worse than fucking LA. Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean. There's piss and shit down no, the no, what, LA is like gold compared to fucking Oakland. I mean, is it not? It is. Yeah. I worked for the Oakland district attorney for a summer in oh, law God. school. So How was that? Some interesting field trips during that summer. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, it's sad, man. Like, it's sad. Yeah, it is. Like, it's like a forgotten people. Like, almost. Like, when you go to dinner, like, this is what LA, this is why LA bothers me so much. Like, there's such an issue with homelessness um and poverty that it's so common that people don't see it you know it's 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 like when i'm with my friends from la uh not dan fleischman because fleischman has a charity that actually helps this called uh, model citizen fund um tremendous dude by the way one of my best friends uh but biggest heart of anybody i know but uh <clears throat> it, you know if you my other friends right that are just you know like dude you go to dinner with them and like, I, for me, this is just, it's hard to do. Like you go to dinner with them and you're in Beverly Hills at this nice place. And you just went in there for four people, spent a thousand bucks on fucking dinner and you walk out and there's fucking people that are like literally fucking starving on the, on the fucking street, like right there, like in front of your face. 
And it, it's not it's not just that they're there. It's that the people you're with act like they don't they're not there. And like that's what bothers me, dude. Like, and then and then I see all these politicians on TV talking about how they're going to fix all this shit, and then making policy that actually contributes to that even further. It's just it's a hard thing so for me to wrap my fucking heart around. You know what I mean? Like. At some point in this country, guys, we're going to have to get real with the problems and stop supporting these people that are just doing it for their own benefit or to line their own pockets. We're going to have to deal. And guess what? Those people are going to sound uh, aggressive when it comes to solving problems because the, the answers to, to hard problems are usually hard, you know? And uh, I give a lot of hate to California, but I also have a lot of empathy for the people there because like it's, to me, it's a situation I would have a hard... Usually, like when I look at problems, I can say, okay, this is how we could solve it. We could do this and this. That's a, that's a situation where I don't even know the fuck. I can't even fathom the solution to it because it's so bad. Like it's, it's, it's disturbing to me. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. It's like, yeah. what, it's such an intractable problem or yeah. it feels that way that it's like, what is the solution? I, I don't know what the solution is. And I, my opinion is the people who have been tasked with figuring that out have done a pretty bad job of trying to figure it out. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's one thing to have policies that don't work. It's another thing to, on top of that, make public statements that can only encourage the problem to get worse. Correct. Even if they don't reflect what the policy is that you're doing to say stuff that's basically like an open invite to more people to come yeah. to California for that purpose cannot possibly be helpful. Yeah. So it's, it's frustrating that, people who we look to to uh whether it's you know digesting the science or digesting an economic reality and then convey that message aren't thinking well what's the impact or if they are thinking about it they're thinking about it completely backwards right what's the impact of me saying this about my policy even if that's not the policy and then you act surprised when the problem gets really worse yeah acting surprised and then and then saying you'll fix it so you can get more votes again you know it's a it's it's frustrating dude um, you know, one of the things that always irritates me when I talk to, talk to people that, and I say, don't you guys like see this shit? Like, what do you think of that? And th- their answer is always the same. It's always the fucking same, bro. Those people want to live like that. That's what they say with a straight face. And like, dude, I've talked to plenty of homeless people myself. They don't want to fucking live like that. They're, they're meant, there's a lot of mentally ill. There's a lot of people that are incapable of taking care of themselves. There's a lot of people that have no literal, no other options or help. F- fell on a time where there was no option for them but to to live that way and you know to walk right past it and not care or not notice it and like like i don't know man it's just it's hard for me to go there because of it you know what i mean yeah and it, i mean it's harder and harder to not care about it because the problem is getting so much worse so yeah. rapidly yeah. Like there's not that many areas you can go to where you're not going to see that in your face yeah. every day so eventually something is going to have to happen because you can't really just escape it even if you only dine out in beverly hills you're it's there it's there it's on, it's on every the sidewalk, sidewalk. Bro. yeah exactly yeah. you know that do you ever been to that restaurant the little door yeah yeah so that's one of the places i like to go to out there mm-hmm. and uh um i don't know if he still owns it but at one point lawrence fishburne was the owner or part owner yeah they only got a little one shooter bathroom in there you know uh-huh. you know how they got that little bitty bathroom and one time i was there and i'm uh, standing in line and there's like four dudes in, in front of me and then there's, you know, a guy walks up behind me. I don't see who it is. And he's like, man, you guys sure are taking a long time. I'm like, fuck, dude, that's, I think that's Morpheus. I turned around, <laughs> sure as fuck, there he was. Like standing there looking at me like I'm in the fucking Matrix. And he's like, yeah, I own this place. And I'm like, cool place. And like, 
made like a couple dick jokes, like, you know, about us going in the one single shooter, playing swords and shit. And then he bought me a beer and fucking, it was just like no big deal. But that was kind of cool. Two Mor- thumbs. That is cool. Two, two thumbs, thumbs up. up. <laughs> yeah. Morpheus. Awesome dude. Two hey, thumbs. You know Morpheus, what? Two thumbs in. He, awesome a, dude. He's a big dude too. He's not a little guy. Really? Yeah. Like he's a big guy. Like, but he's close to my size. Almost as handsome. Big but, thumbs. Yeah. One more or no? Yeah, I got one more. Yeah. You're uh, sleeping. No, we talk a lot about, you know, starting a little for Sellaville, right? Yeah, I'm down. Cool. So here you go. Tennessee Town just listed for sale. Whole town? A whole entire, well. What's included? A, one house and four general stores. Hey, you, that That's, sounds like a. It's a good starting place. That sounds like an all right thing, man. You get to live by yourself, run four businesses, build I'll tell you what, that's a highly competitive environment, though. One house and four stores. I mean, you got to really have to earn yeah. that business, man. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> motherfuckers don't want to compete against me. No shit. Yeah, motherfucker, if you ran that business, you'd be selling shit to people in your own house. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And that store would stay open. <laughs> Enzo, hear me out. All right. <laughs> we would be paying the bills. That's all you need to know about. That's what you were talking about earlier about trusting people with your money. I was going to tell Anderson, yeah, look, what happens if you trust me with your money? Look out there. <laughs> a city. All right. So final thoughts, Sal. I think, you know, the show, you know, bounced around a few few places, but I think as a, whether you're a, a business owner who has struggled to get into social or struggling with social or a young person trying to understand the fundamentals of social, it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. And I think the argument for um, the fact that you need to start developing these skills now is here. Like you have to do it. It's, it's a non-negotiable. And so, you know, the, the fearful things in life are, are usually the right choice or the things that scare you the most are the things that you should do and challenge yourself with. And so my challenge to you is, hey, listen, it's really hard to get vulnerable. It's really hard to, to tell your, to speak your truth and be you. However, the long-term investment payout on that is invaluable. And I think- Let's clarify vulnerable there for, real quick because a lot of people hear vulnerable and they think like, tell your sob story. No, no, no. Humility in the sense of, you know, making sure that like, hey, when you know, you know, and tell them that you know, and stand for what you know. When you don't know, don't have an opinion. Yeah, it's okay. Be vulnerable enough to be authentic. Correct. what he's saying. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, one of the best things that I've done for my own personal brand is like, hey, man, like, I, fuck, I struggle too. Well, you know, goddamn, dude, I'm struggling right now. You know what I mean? Like, and that's part of life. You're going to struggle. And learning social media is part of, of, is just one of those struggles. Guess what? I've been through that struggle too. I remember the very first post I made. I remember tell, talking to the first influencer. I remember all of these things. I've been there. I do that. I've done that. I understand that. And so sharing those struggles has been very valuable to building a career. And I would suggest that if you're struggling to get into the game, start today, start to tackle those struggles. And in 10 years, you're going you're gonna to look back as one of the best decisions you ever made. What was, the, what was the scariest piece of content for you to ever make? I think the first time I had to do a video um, on a story. When stories came out and it had to do a video, it was really, it was really humbling because man, you had to, you know, you, you had only 15 seconds to make it work. Remember when we used to shoot yeah, these yeah. things and you had to be really good in 15 seconds and you had to get it done and you had to try to That's no problem for you though, right? It's not. Um, I mean if you've seen any of my early Instagram videos. Uh, <laughs> no way, dude. They're awesome. He doesn't he's thinking of, he's talking about two uh, thumbs in his ass. No, no, oh, no. no, no, no yeah, yeah, our early our early Instagrams were extremely creative because you only had 15 seconds to make it work. You know, I enjoyed and Instagram better when it was that way. It was fun because, yeah. well, it, but it, you had it forced creativity. Not only right. does it force creativity, but you, you had to, you had to get really get uncomfortable and being silly kind of too, because it forced yeah. you to, to kind of like, all right, well, you know, I mean, there's the, the mullet video and us, that's you know, the best one ever. Yeah. And, and yeah. You, you do all these stupid videos, you know, and, and, 
of course, do you think I want to put on a fake fucking mullet and do an infomercial? No, I was fucking 30 fucking two years old. I was about to have my son. Like, no, I look like a fucking asshole. No, yeah. you didn't. Everybody loved it. It was awesome. You know, and and that was where the one take South thing came out. It's like I they put a wig on me. I fucking knocked that motherfucker down, walked the fuck out because I had shit to do. Right. Right. And you start understanding like, all right, you got to do all these creative things. Well, you're going to look like a fucking asshole. People are going to laugh at you. People are going to find value in the fact that you can have enough humility for people to laugh at you, but still try to help. them. Yeah. All right, good shit. Rob, what's your final thoughts? I was thinking when you were saying that, like you have to be willing to be bad at something for a while to eventually be yeah. able to get good at it. And a lot of people, I think, are don't get started because they're afraid to be bad at it. I think I don't put out a lot of like, it's not that creative, but still getting in front of the video for the first time, that I didn't like that at all. Awesome. I still don't really like it, no. but I understand like it gets easier and you get better at it. And there's a lot of opportunity on the other side of doing stuff that you don't want to do, sort of like we were talking about earlier. And you kind of just have to be willing to be bad at something for a while. I think I think also, too, one of the big hangups that people have about con video content is like you think like it's got to be perfect, right? Like you, you, you have this idea that you got to make this video perfect. And when you first start, you know, you're going to make it 400 times, just like when you, you know, back in our day, we used to record our own voice on our answering machines, right? Or a voicemail. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd record it a hundred times, but God, that fucking sucks. You literally said the same thing 400 fucking times. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Like everybody knows the beep is coming. That's when they want to talk, <laughs> you know? So like realize that nobody's as critical uh, on you as you are yourself, right? Those little mistakes that you make and those little things, those are actually endearing. They're endearing qualities to the people watching because they real make, they, it makes you real. It right. makes you, you're, you're out there on the internet and it inspires other people. And they say, you know what? I like this guy. He's a real dude. He's authentic. So like, don't get caught up in the per perfect game. You just get caught up in the do it game. Yeah. yeah. Those, those perfect polished Instagram feeds. Those days are over. People, yeah. They're over. don't dude. care about that anymore. No, because everybody knows this bullshit. You know, we all, cause we all did it. Right. We all sat there, did the video for 400 times. And then we're like, now we know what that guy did to get that. And it's yeah. just not what we want. What do you think? Yeah. I I think uh, what Sal touched on a lot earlier about this authentic uh, authenticity, auth shit, authenticity. That ain't still even not it. it. That ain't it. Authenticity. Authenticity. Thank See, you. you haven't learned to be authentic yet, so you can't. They haven't graduated to saying the word. Gotcha. Fifteen seconds. Um, <clears throat> no, but I think I think about it, and I think about like what what my job, my role in that is, right? And so, you know, I think the consumers, the people who aren't in that category of influencers, your responsibility is to support those who are being authentic people who are sharing the right values sharing the right messages and be be supportive of those people and stop following these these fake people that are just flexing that 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 are giving you absolutely zero value go support the people who are actually doing it and and actually standing up for the right shit that's that's what my uh two cents would be yeah all good stuff hey bro appreciate you making the trip out for the show man yeah it's, it's been fun awesome to be here yeah we really appreciate the invite yeah we'll definitely keep you uh more regular on the show as we talk about when we get back to talking about business and marketing and things because uh, i think you have a lot of legitimate value to offer and i just want to say thanks for all the content you put out uh because it's helped us redefine and look out for ourselves and be better at business and uh i just really appreciate it brother so thank you a whole lot again guys uh your instagram one more time for the guys robert freund law okay Guys, follow this man. He gives out a lot of info. And if if you're a new uh, if you're a new if you're new to influencer marketing, you're not quite sure what to do. Reach out to him. He's here to help. That's what he does. So uh, thanks again. I appreciate it. And guys, 
I uh, really appreciate you guys listening to the show. If you got value out of the show, if it made you laugh, if it made you think, if it made you uh, better in any way, um, share the show. If you didn't like it, then maybe you'll like the next one. Probably not, though, so don't, don't listen. Yeah. Went from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, does a no. Headshot, case closed.